If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Hi, Patrice. <laughs> we're talking all local. Well, we're talking all local scuttlebutt and shit. We are right scuttlebutt. Now. I love that. I, I don't know why I like, adopted the word scuttlebutt. It just, it's, it's, it's got the word butt in it. Yeah, I think that's it. That's, that's primarily <laughs> right. But, so, yeah, but. I wanted to put this um, <laughs> on the internet radios here mm-hmm. because we have a local pub opening up which is like huge news for mm-hmm. this i don't even know what to call jacksonville it's itty bitty town this itty bitty town that really has it's the university town that's not a university town mm-hmm. it's the strangest thing y'all but we're actually getting we've we've had pubs before mm-hmm. and they've closed um We've had different types of pubs before and they've closed. We've had like the the community bar. We've had the we actually had a brewery mm-hmm. once for a little while. Okay. Joe what was it? Joe Beer, I think was his name. I can't remember. Okay. And then we've had like clubs, mm-hmm. like little kind of beer beer clubs. Right. And so we've had like and everything has closed. Right. And it's not all COVID. No, and it, no, I think it's it's highly because of we are we are a commuter college, mm-hmm. and so it's more of the thing that either people live here, still living with their parents, and going to the university, and you don't go out drinking when you still live with your parents. At least they don't. I did, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then. Um, and then everybody else commutes because really there's nothing here in Jacksonville but the university mm-hmm. and and the trail, which is amazing. Yeah, which I don't the understand. The Chief Trail. Y'all is, need to move here. Yeah, and it it when we've said it before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it 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 travels down further than it used to. Mm-hmm. It goes down through Aniston now, and they're right? fixing to open up where it travels down to the train station, like by this this year or next year or something very soon and it goes north and connects up to the silver comet in georgia so yes 90 miles far. it is a huge opportunity that is a secret that needs to like have people come in invest their money in jacksonville it's just not happening because we are that old like provincial southern town where you know the old biddies are still in power and there's not really any money and i'm saying it i'm saying it you hear it right. i'm not gonna take it back because it's the truth we need youth we need youth with money to come mm-hmm. and invest in jacksonville because it is such an opportunity and we have international like cycling tournaments mm-hmm. not tournaments what do you call them? Competitions. Uh, competitions yeah. yeah. And qual- the criteria and qualifiers. And qualifiers for like, you know, the Tour de France kind of stuff. Like here mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. The Chiha Challenge is the big it's, one, right? It's the yeah. big one, right? It's, yeah. And um, yeah, along with the uh, crit racing. It's so like our t- we're so underrated. And we're so underrated we are <laughs> and and it's like we just need a couple of really good investors to come in here and make like jacksonville the college town that it needs to be bring us your money bring us your money invest your money right. so this whole conversation got started because i was saying that i had some tea on this um Oh, look, I changed it from scuttlebutt to tea. Mm. I've got some scuttlebutt on this. this scuttlebutt tea? <laughs> this scuttlebutty. <laughs> I've got some info on this place that's supposed to be opening. There was a there was a uh, pharmacy on our local town square for, I mean, since the beginning of Jacksonville. Right. Pretty much. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's it was there for ages. Mm-hmm. And it was called Crow Drug. And I think there, I think it may have been, I think it may have changed hands at different points, but there, it seems to like there was always a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And so this place had been there for a very long time and closed up shop and moved down the way to a, to a, um, a 
standalone building right. a little bit further down Route 21. Right. And the, so they had been on the square. And when they closed, you know, it just kind of sat empty. And then all of a sudden people start doing things and stuff starts moving around. And then this little Instagram pops up that yeah. calls itself Apothecary. And honestly... We've been waiting for the little bar that's really not this one that's on the other side of the coffee place. It's two shops down. It's There's two this, shops down. This place that people have been working on for three years for now. Three years. There's like actually a little bar in the back with a patio. And every time we walk, walk past it, we're like, ooh, this looks promising. <laughs> like, but it's been three years. It's been a long time, it which I've I've used as a sign of faith because like nobody's like you said, you know, nobody's got like a lot of money so maybe right. if people take a little bit longer to get moving then I maybe totally that means that. they're gonna have that like you know mm -hmm. they're gonna have a little stability when they they're open they're working but that their day jobs like, and this is like kind of a you yeah know, dream it of. looks super cool it looks like mm -hmm. a saloon inside with yeah. like an upstairs uh you know overarching balcony so, and pool, pool tables and shit in there i think right so when i heard about the apothecary i was like oh this is that and then i was like oh no mm -hmm. this, this is, is on the other side this is on the other side where crow drug which is the apothecary mm -hmm. which totally makes sense so they've been um moving really really fast on this one that all mm -hmm. of a sudden just popped out of nowhere and i i clicked on um an ad in one of their uh in one of their instagram posts the other day and it went to a company called pour my beer which i don't know if it's just i don't know if it's the technology that's sold with with training or if it's like an overarching concept that then goes along with the technology but one way or another pour my beer looks like it's it's placing or assisting the placement of little brew pubs um, or pubs across the country in small locations where you won't necessarily have like Maybe not table service, maybe, but it's a self-serve beer keg. So they sell this this unit of of wall kegs with taps coming out. Then you put different um, different beers in each thing, and then there's screens above it. And then it looked like some of them, like you have a card system where you go and you've you've put so many pours on your card, whatever the cost would be, mm -hmm. and then you put it in to this machine on the wall and it'll let you pour a single beer of your choice based on what's on your card. That's so fascinating So to you me. do it yourself. You get your own yeah. glass, you go mm -hmm. down the wall, you choose your beer, you pour your beer, you go sit down and you do your thing. And I'm like, that's fucking genius. Right. So, um, which I mean, maybe I'll change my tune if I see and it doesn't work out. Maybe it's going to be all messy. I don't know what it is, but right. it sounds like a pretty cool idea. Right. So these Absolutely. people obviously had the, the investment to put into this technology right. and that seems to be what this new pub is going to be built around right and, so and it's like, set, all right i could do that set to open saint patty's day are mm -hmm. you going to go saint patty's day I don't, I, I don't never know what i'm gonna do on I a know, day i know that's that's life with kids it's like, i try i'd stay away from all places on their opening, opening day, day. Mm -hmm. that tends to be like a thing because yeah. i don't like groups of people yes <laughs> as a rule people in general <laughs> I know, I know. Same. But I am excited. About I it. am excited too. So there, if you're here for the local, the local Jacksonville, Alabama news, you just got it. <laughs> this is it. This is what we're all talking about. There's a pub coming. There's a pub coming. Mm -hmm. mm. Yes, I'm excited about it. Yeah, yes, it, it's um. So I last night I had like my fill of groups of people because mm. we went to the Grand River outlet shops on our way. We went into, um, we went into Birmingham after dropping my younger kid off at a, at a party because my older kid really wanted to go to Birmingham oddities, which mm -hmm. if y'all haven't been and you're around that area, that's super fun. Skulls, to all kinds of shit. To have gone. Yes. Um, and then we went to the golden temple, which has, I would I, easily the largest selection of tarot card decks I have ever seen in any one place. Oh, really? Of all kinds of variety and all kinds of like Ayurvedic um, stuff, candles, clothes. They've got like loose leaf herbs and teas and mm. all kinds of you make your own loose leaf. I mean, all like all kinds of the bulk things. items. It's just like and it's a health food store plus restaurant like lunch restaurant on the mm. other side so that place is super cool if you've never been there but on our amazing. way back we had to buy some baby clothes so i'm not having a baby <laughs> um oh i don't think i've said have i said this on here so my husband's daughter had her third child no and there's a new he's he's a grandy three times over now 
And so congratulations to them. And he's yeah. celebrating, celebrating Grandy today. God bless. So we went to get baby clothes, which I'm sure they don't need. But, you know, everybody wants to buy They're baby so clothes. They're so adorable. They're so fucking cute. Oh, yes. my God. If you're, you're lucky. You can't. If I've ever met you and you ever had a baby, you're lucky I didn't send you tiny shoes because like they're my favorite thing. I love <laughs> they're completely just useless. useless. <laughs> There's no point in baby shoes. There's no point in tiny, tiny newborn shoes. If at all. It's for photo shoot. It's for yeah. single photo shoot. Mm. And then your kid's like, I hate this. Why can't my toes move? And they can't even think that far because they're newborns. Mm. Stupid. They're stupid. They don't have brains. <laughs> so they <laughs> Oh my lord. Yes. So we went to get baby clothes and then we went to this place at the Grand River Outlets um, where they have a big drive in at the end, like at the at the far end of the outlet mall. And it's like that outdoor walkable outlet mall. It's like, here's Grand River. And then across the highway, you've got Bass Pro Shop and you've got Bucky's. Like we do everything big right big, here at right this there. intersection. Yes. There's this Grand River drive-in, which has four screens. You know, we're like, okay, well, we're, we're they've got this backyard that they call it that has a Saw's barbecue and a neighbor's pizza. And they've got like turf grass and everything out there with kids games and picnic tables and indoor arcades. And I was like, this will be fun for the kids to do after kind of walking around for right. a while. And so we go and it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. But as we as we got in line, like more and more people are filing in behind and more and more people are coming. And then we look at the board and we find out the movie starts at 630. I thought it would be like seven or 730. But right. the movie that night starts at 630. So, you know, we're like looking at our watches and we walked in at 530. And I'm like, oh, fuck right. <laughs> like, all the everybody people and their children are fixing to come through this door so what was the movie let's see it looked like they had for kids they had ant-man quantumania and um the puss in boots one oh. was the double feature on the kids screen mm -hmm. and i'm trying to remember what the other two were they had creed the oh the new one the new creed mm -hmm. and uh Oh, what's the cabin one? Knock at the cabin. Knock at, oh, my God. I saw the trailer for that. That one was on one of them. And I'm missing at least one. But, um, you know, it was. Mm -hmm. it wasn't oh, Cocaine Bear? Oh, Cocaine Bear was on there. Yeah. Yes. Which we, we still have to go see this Cocaine week. Bear. This okay. week. Okay. We, we're going to do this. Because I think this week looks good for me. So oh, absolutely. I'm on it. Yeah. We're missing our Courtney today. We are. Well, she's in Nashville mm -hmm. doing like day job stuff. Doing smarty pants things. Doing smarty pants things. But Marlea fixed this killer margarita. <laughs> Stop laughing because, because it is good. It is good. Mm. It is good. See, and don't you say anything else. It is good. <laughs> don't listen to Marlea because she's listening to come in here and, and tell like all the reasons why she's not Courtney. You know, though. But... It is a good drink. I enjoy it. I it's, think I think it's good. It is delicious. I am not all that discerning with alcohol when it comes down to it. But like I know I've seen someone who's very discerning and like we does have, things we have the, the best of the way. best. We have the best of the best. So like when I'm making stuff now, I'm just like, oh, I'm not doing it the Courtney way. Don't tell Courtney. I said <laughs> so Courtney many times, way. don't tell Courtney, don't tell Courtney. <laughs> But I squeezed limes and shit. She did, and and there I made wedges and lime wedges, and uh, there was some shaking. I of shook things, some mixers, and oh, stuff. and I even put ice in these glasses before yes. I put a drink in them. So yeah, it was very. I've profesh. learned some things. I've learned some things and from bartender Courtney. I'm drinking mine out of my wonderful fiftieth <laughs> birthday sippy cup. <gasps> it's the best it is it is the best that courtney gave me um she is the best of the best right <laughs> absolutely it is what did they call this the orca I yeah think, because it's, it's got orca. like a little orca tail that's the brand right but it is a martini it's a sippy cup martini glass and god bless because i've been shaking the shit out of this thing and have not spilled a drop <laughs> yeah because you can like just close it on the top absolutely and it's insulated it's insulated so, yeah. my drink it is it is perfect call us orca we've got <laughs> <laughs> that's right we will pimp your products any day absolutely it is perfect 
Um, trying to think if I've got other stuff to talk about. Have you got other stuff up front? I do not. Okay. I've got a couple things for after that we could just discuss. Nothing like Oh, you know what? Uh, we are doing a live show for the Kaleidoscope <laughs> Shit, yeah. event um, <laughs> at JSU. So Jacksonville, Alabama, if you're anywhere near um, April 18th. Does that sound correct? At seven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. At 7 p.m. 7.30? Did no. we say 7? No, is we it said 7. Shit. Doors will open at 6.30. Uh, We're doing a live show at the Stone Center um, on the campus of uh, Jacksonville State University. So. It is part of Jacksonville State's Kaleidoscope Festival of the Arts that they do throughout the month of April. So there's right. a whole calendar of events that you can go to. Yeah. I mean, Every night there's there is an event that's either, you know, humanities or performing arts or the fine arts. Whatever's going we're on. We're considered arts. We are. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing that. And also there is some talks um, of some other cool things that are happening that I don't want to announce just yet. But we also are looking for summer live show opportunities coming down the pipe. That's not that's outside of our normal realm. So that'll like be exciting. Pool parties and shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Pool parties would yeah. be the best. With like... <laughs> Electronic equipment <laughs> with a hairdryer. <laughs> Where are you going with of that? Our normal realm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, actually, I wouldn't be averse to a hot tub party if we could do. Let's let's try and figure out a way to do. Let's try and figure out a way to do a show where we sit in the hot tub and you guys. Actually, no, that sounds terrible. That does no, sound horrible. No, that sounds awful. I feel, I'm sorry. I feel like we are like you know what is it the frogs in the slowly boiling pot. <laughs> it was like I think I think at my age the last thing I really want is to have a bunch of people sitting around staring at me while I'm in a bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, let's take a pause, and we will come back for my <laughs> scintillating story. Awesome. <laughs> Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. Yay. So uh, this kind of became my topic unexpectedly because I have started listening at long last. It's another one of those things that I'm just really late in the game to, but to the Old Gods of Appalachia podcast. Oh, really? I started listening to that this past week because, um, and I don't remember if I said this before, but I started trying to make myself go to the gym to walk so that I couldn't get thrown off by weather. I was like, if I walk outside, I have all these excuses as to why I can't go. So I was like, I've got to go to the gym. I spend more time and all this. But to make myself do it, mm -hmm. I have to give myself a podcast that I love and can only listen to at the gym. Mm. Because then there's like a present attached to it. Right. So, you know, I've gotten into a good habit of it now. I listen to all of Passenger List was a great one for that. And I listened to a couple that were kind of hit or miss. Right. And then I hit on this one. And this has been a week now of this one. And I'm like. I'm going to I'm going to make my way through this real fast. So so what is your what is your um your feedback on the the Appalachian? I love it. OK. Um. So. To me, it's really, really good storytelling. Ah. And it's unusual because or it's unusual for me to feel that way about something like this because it's a single narrator mm -hmm. and i think i even said i have talked about this because i think i even said before i don't do audiobooks and this kind of 
acts like an audiobook. Okay. It's just that it's still, I think partly because it's still sliced into 15 to 20 minute chunks. Mm-hmm. My ADD brain or whatever can still accept this as something that it'll, right. it'll associate with somehow. I love that there's no bad accents in it. Oh, like nice. the narrator is from Virginia, lives in North Carolina. Like he, he sounds right. Right. And um, he's telling. So I don't know if this continues on through further seasons, but he's telling a story from Barlow, Kentucky from 1917. OK. And his his accent is just really lilting and it's got all that stuff in it that mm. and he throws in the writing, throws in all of those kind of um turns a phrase that can sound forced or awkward right. when they're done the wrong way right that don't right in this one i've just really enjoyed it. it's like history and folklore and legend fiction all just kind of muddled up in one big nice thing and i i really enjoy it um i made randy listen to it when we were driving on this long drive yesterday in abby and randy said he thought it was a little over the top Okay. Can get more verbose. It can, you know, and especially the first couple episodes, there are points where it feels over the top. Right. They're probably just finding their feet, though. I, that might be. They kind of blew up, though. They got like a uh, mm-hmm. national, a national, yeah, They're national tour, tour going, on right, going on right now, like all over the country. Mm-hmm. And you brought it to my attention, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I started listening to it. And then I, so Abby was in the car, too, though, while we were listening to it yesterday. And they were just like, Head over heels. Oh, they good. they want to. They're probably going to have listened to the entire thing by the time I get home today. So, um, I've been really enjoying it. If y'all haven't listened to it, give it a shot and see if it fits you. But there's an episode. It's season one, episode five, that breaks from what came before it a little bit, and it's called the boys, and or the boy. That episode really stuck with me, and I couldn't quite get clear of it. And that's why I'm talking about what I'm talking about today. I'm not going to tell you what the boy is, but I'll tell you this story. It's a Reddit story that was from 2014. It's been pretty widely, you know, it's copy paste, you know. <laughs> so this is what the the Redditor was Kane1212 was the name of the person who put it up. Mm-hmm. And this is his story. He said, I had never heard of the black eyed children until I encountered them. Oh, God. He said that if he had not seen him for himself. He would have just, you know, put it up to urban legend, right. which is what everybody says when they're everybody about to says, tell you an urban legend. Right. And he, he said that he hadn't told that many people about it, but his brother-in-law was into creepy stuff. And so he told him to post it here. And he said, I'm not a writer. I'm an accountant. You know, I don't know how to do this. These right. are all the things we're used to hearing, right? At the right. beginning of like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. He said, I just want to warn people that some things are beyond our comprehension. If you hear a knock in the door, make sure you check before opening it. Because I wish I had. Oh, shit. He said, my girlfriend and I live in a small gated community in southern West Virginia called Glade Spring. If anybody came through the gate during business hours, and this is because they had like a restaurant inside their subdivision and everything. So it was a gated community with like some some businesses, some, you know, retail or whatever. So you could come into the gated community during the day. But like at five or six, the gates would shut and you'd have to be if you were going to visit somebody inside, you would have to go up to the security guard and say, like, you have to call apartment number what, what, what. Oh, that's so weird to and me. And they have to come in. Right. So this is the kind of neighborhood they live in. Mm-hmm. So you never get unexpected visitors. Right. It's, you know, unless they live in the neighborhood with you, it's pretty much impossible. Right. So he says, imagine my surprise when my doorbell rings at 3 a.m. Oh, shit. He said, not reading much into it. I assumed one of my neighbors, because they're the only people that can get to you at 3 Mm a.m., had 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 an emergency. So I made my way to the door and I opened it. But luckily, there's a wrought iron storm door that's still closed and locked because he said who or what stood before me was not a resident of the community. Two young boys stood at my doorstep. One looked about 17. Another looked about 10, wearing dark hooded sweatshirts and jeans. The young one had had shaggy, dirty blonde hair and would only look down at the steps. And the older one had his hood pulled and his head tipped to where I could only see from like half of his nose down. Mm-hmm. He said, before I could ask what they wanted, the older one, with a voice that sounded weird and dry and forced with no emotion at all, 
said, I'm sorry to bother you and your girlfriend, but we need to come in and use your phone. We've been in an accident. What? How, first, what? How does he know that he has a girlfriend? Uh-huh. That's what he said. He said, how did they know my girlfriend was here? And I, he said, I wrote it off as like we had two cars in the driveway. So I just assumed they assumed. But I was like, I would assume it would be a married, right. you know, like a, or a, ch- you know. Right. So he said, I tripped over my words because there was something weird about these kids. And it's 3 a.m. Right. And he says, you know what? And why also, like, everybody has a cell phone. That's exactly. He was like, why don't I bring you my cell phone mm. and you can call. He said, I don't get service inside. So you have to stand on the sidewalk to call anyways, which I'm just like, I'm sliding that one into my back pocket because that's a really ingenious way to tell somebody that you're not letting them into your house. I was like, ah, you can't get service in here anyway. So you can just use my phone out there. Right. Or how about I'll stand here behind a locked door and call for you. <laughs> there is that. Mm hmm. So the kid says, well, my brother really needs to use your bathroom, Kane. We have to come in. Yep. There's a bush. And then he goes into a panic because they said his name. (gasps) And he's like, I'm sorry. Are you from this neighborhood? Because I haven't seen you before. How did you know who I was? And he said, then the 17-year-old looking child became slightly hostile and demanded to be let inside. And I told him, I was sorry, I can't help you. And just as he was about to close the door, both of them just snapped their heads <gasps> straight up to look straight at him. And there was black in their eyes. There's no pupil. There's no, like, no nope. white around their eyes. It's just 100% pure, deep black. And he said he's paralyzed with fear. And then he's like, okay, this has got to be some kind of a joke. This is a joke. And then he hears this kind of, like, ringing noise. <gasps> In his ears. And he says, that's when the flashback started. What? He said, I was suddenly a toddler again at my grandparents' house, sitting under the chestnut tree with my mother picking up the nuts and putting them in a large metal soup kettle. It was a crisp fall day. It's one of my earliest and dearest memories. I was about three years old. I even have a picture of it. And it's one that I hold dear to my heart. But then they were there behind my mother. We locked eyes and their eyes were still black as night and they both smiled at me simultaneously. And that's when everything went black. And he said the next thing he knows, he was shaken awake. He'd been lying on the mudroom floor. There was blood on his head. His girlfriend is standing over him. He has apparently like passed out and fallen and hit his head on the tile floor. And he tells his girlfriend everything that happened and think he, you know, he's thinking like, maybe I have a concussion. Maybe none of it actually happened. Maybe I was sleepwalking. And then they Googled it, you know, like uh-huh, you do. And like of course they find this black eyed kids right. thing. And he says, since that night, I feel as though I'm being watched and I see them out of the corner of my eye. Occasionally, he said, I'll look at my girlfriend while we're at the movies or dinner and her eyes will suddenly just be solid black for a split second. And worst of all, they took one of my best memories and like corroded it because every time I think back about that moment with my, my, you know, my family and the chestnut tree, all I see is these two black eyed kids smiling at me. Wow. So this is the, this is what's behind the whole black eyed children thing. Right. You've heard of it before. Oh yeah. I don't know exactly what they do other than like, you know, hang out in treetops treetops yeah tell me that because i didn't see that yeah well there's there's some mexican stories about black-eyed children uh that hang out like at the top of trees Mm. just hang out in trees weird yeah it kind of gives me the vibe like if you've ever seen lost boys like how they kind of just like hung out and like laughed and played and stuff like that but children Mm -hmm. doing that in treetops yeah. So, other than creepy. being creepy, and creepy. like I don't know of any other kind of interaction or being as bold as like ringing a doorbell mm-hmm. kind of thing. There have been I I watched this this afternoon. There was a short Kickstarter funded horror film on the Black Eyed Kids. I don't know what year it was. It's just four minutes long, and it's basically like the quintessential Black Eyed Kids story. Just put on a film there's nothing mm-hmm. much to it there are comic books that have been done people have said that like doppelgangers right. sometimes like you talked about sometimes show up with blackened mm-hmm. eyes and right. skinwalkers people say sometimes too demons people say demons will come with black eyes alien right. hybrids of course you know like the gray men have black eyes and when i when i mentioned it to my kid they were like oh omens i always thought they were like omens of bad things to come when you see right. the black-eyed children So in Old Gods of Appalachia, the episode five, season one is called The Boy. And it's it's not 
these black eyed children. It's not the black eyed children with the capital B that we're talking about in this lore, but it's a trilogy of related stories of children with coal black iris, you know, like whiteless eyes coming back to haunt people who oh, deserve to be okay. haunted, basically. So they're more like ghosts and demons in that story. But there are similarities. And I just love that there's like there's a call out in this lore that is behaving like turn of the century mm-hmm. lore. But it's it seems like a pretty conscious call out mm-hmm. to current lore, which is what the black right. eyed kids are. So there are sightings of the BEKs across the world. Well, well, I was just going to say, like, we get kids like walking down our streets like at weird hours, you know, kind of mm-hmm. deal with the hoodies. up. Oh, and, yeah. And stuff. And it could be just like just normal kids. kids. But, you know, just fucking creeps you out because, yeah. you know, you know, it's 11 o'clock and you're pulling in and then you like kind of see out of your eye. Because, first of all, Jacksonville does not believe in street lights. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And so there's like or a sidewalk. S- yeah, our sidewalks are. So there's like maybe one street light to every four streets. So it's fucking dark. Mm-hmm. Like I always have to put my brights on when I drive home. Because I can't fucking see because there's no streetlights. And so it's always kind of jarring to like see somebody walking down your street like late at night. And of course and they're, they're going to be, gonna in, be dark, in a dark hoodie. Right. Like that's it's, always what it is. It's like everybody walking around at 11 p.m. is always for some reason yeah, in a dark hoodie. Exactly. It's ridiculous. And on the street. On and the so street. That's when you like, you know, run to the door and get in and close the door and lock it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't trust you. So there were three front page stories in the UK tabloid, The Daily Star in 2014, that were all about the black eyed children. They have earned themselves a mythology.net entry. So uh, right. good for you. <laughs> good for you. You know, it's all kids. just a bunch of teenagers fucking with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So most of the sources of the black eyed kids lore seem to indicate that there was a posting by a a man named Brian Bethel, who was a reporter in Abilene, Texas, who was on a quote-unquote ghost-related mailing list in 1996 and shared the stories of two alleged sightings of black-eyed kids. He, he describes an encounter in Abilene, Texas in 96. He describes another unrelated one in Portland, Oregon. They were the first, everybody kind of cites these as the first examples of stories of the black-eyed kids. They also cite them as toward the beginning of creepypasta Mm -hmm. so and he he has both built up that idea that they're you know they're creepypasta Mm -hmm. and built up the idea that they were legitimate stories right so genius genius yeah absolutely love me some creepy i know right so that was 1996 and i was thinking maybe this has to maybe the idea of them coming about at this time has to do with the fact that you know there's the internet i mean like he's on a email ghost stories related email string or whatever listservs were just becoming a thing like do you remember listservs (laughs) I was like, oh, oh my God. My because God. if you, because there's no, you know, they, they did have chat, like AOL chat had started maybe in 96. Yeah. And there was, there were no browsers. There was no pictures. It was all, like, there was a lot of text, a lot of text, a lot of like, oh my God, you're in Seattle. I'm in Mississippi. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, you're a 17 year old girl. Uh- but probably a 60 year old man. Yeah. Oh my God. And so it's like, you couldn't, most of there were chat rooms that you could go to. Like you could, and I remember when I was like, it probably around 1996, because I was a senior in high school and we didn't have, I mean, we had just gotten home internet maybe if that. Yes. Like dial up modem home internet. Mm. And it was like, there's chat rooms where you could, and I, I was like, it's a room? I don't get how it's a room. Like, what? how does that, I, who's metaphor. else in it? You know, I was like, how does this work? <laughs> so, like, you could go to chat rooms or, you know, you could get on these listservs, which, you know, once you get into academia, I felt like I got a lot more, like, listserv stuff. Right. So it was like this, it's basically this email digest that is, like, sent to right. a group of people, like, in, in a regular amount of time. And you can, like, add stuff to things and So anyway, so he had submitted these through this and I'm like, okay, well, maybe this just took off because of the time that it hit and the way that it hit, like when this kind of stuff was starting to get 
you know, right. more used and more popular. But I started thinking like, okay, so I have a theory on why the black eyed children started arriving. Like why did, mm. why did this folktale, why did this lore yes. arrive in 1996? My report. theory is scleral contact lenses. So the sclera is the white area around your eyeball. Right. And it's around your, it's like around your corneas, that area. So Unlike like the contact lenses that you're used to wearing to correct your eyesight and stuff, scleral lenses will rest on that white area and cover it up and then kind of vault over your over your cornea yeah. area. It's like the monster like eyeballs that everybody does that does the whole makeup. Yeah. So they stuff. cover. Yes. They cover the visible surface of your eyeball and people use them for cosplay all the time. Now they right. were created in think- the 1880s, believe it or not. But they weren't really perfected or widely used until close to the 1990s. What? I want to hear about how that they were created in the I know, 1880s. right? I didn't look too far into that, but it's, it's in the internet, so it's got to be true. Oh, okay. So <laughs> in like so but um in movie theaters and and like uh movie studios and stuff, they started using these probably oh, yeah. like, you know, more often as 70s 80s as, like as yeah. soon as they were able to. So the first time I remember seeing a guy with black eyes, I was fit to piss myself. And it was when I saw Krull in 1983. (gasps) Oh, my God. I had bad dreams about Krull. I was what? So I was five years old when Krull came out and my neighbor had HBO. So we saw Krull when it was new. Fucking love Krull. Oh, my God. If y'all have not seen Krull, you should. Oh, my God. You just like like, took me back. I almost rented it this afternoon, but I was like, I can't pay three dollars for Krull today. But (laughs) so Krull is so weird. And it's from this weird period of time in the early 1980s where, like, everybody is really Star Wars obsessed and sci-fi obsessed, but at the same time, fantasy obsessed. Legend. Legend. Legend and crawl. Like, before Tom Cruise went to the dark side. Yes, it was Tom Cruise's, like, first big film was Legend, where Tim Curry played the giant, massive horned (gasps) devil. He was amazing. Yes, he was. Um, So, if you haven't seen Crawl, you need to, because this is, like, it is its own entity in u.s film history yes um so it's it's like i I was looking even just at the trailers and clips because i was like am i misremembering this you know i was five and i i don't know if i remember this correctly but everything just came streaming back the second i i saw clips of it and watched the trailer don't remember the black eyes but i so it it, it stuck with me so much Mm so the crow is like (laughs) it's like if if somebody had a medieval film script brought to them like we're going to do a story about a, a prince who's trying to gain back his kingdom and got to defeat the evil wizard. But then they, they're like, Ooh, but what about lasers? And let's add some aliens. <laughs> kind of like Flash Gordon. And then they're like, Lord of the yes. Rings. And then they're like, we need a Cyclops guys. <laughs> like we need a Cyclops. And then this dude just comes out of nowhere and he's like, quicksand <laughs> and, uh, i don't remember any of this like i just remember everything like the thing that he carried like his weapon yes it's this little, little like little like, um it's almost like a ninja throwing star but it's like got like 15 little points it's like this little yeah, thing yeah that that's the only thing that i remember mm. i remember lots of red and black so in crawl there's an old man that is a like a he's a he's a good guy at the beginning. Like mm-hmm. he's supposed to be leading the group to, you know, whatever it is they're supposed to be accomplishing. Mm-hmm. And he's this, he's this kind of, okay. If if you've seen um, big trouble in little China, but you haven't seen this, he, I feel like, um, Oh, what's, what's the name of the old guy? Um, oh. Lopan. Uh, Lop- Lopan. Lopan. Okay. Yes. So he reminds me of Lopan who also scared the shit out of me and might also have had black eyes in big trouble in little China. But this old guy is like wandering with them. And then all of a sudden, like the bad guy who's like the beast or whatever sends a changeling to take over this, this wizard's body. So like the wizard is blind and they've been leading him through the swamps to take them where they're supposed to go. And then this other wizard who looks just like him comes up and he's got these big long fingernails and he grabs him by the back of the neck and then he opens his eyes and his eyes are just black as ink. Oh. 
And I was five. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, good guy, betrayal, bad guy. Who do I trust? What the fuck is <laughs> happening? Five years old. <laughs> Everything is wrong. There's a cyclops and lasers and I'm going to die. So like, so that was terrifying. Like my first experience with black eyed people was like, girl, girl. Interesting. But like, so think about Evil Willow from Buffy, which oh, would have been like 97, yes. no, like not mm-hmm. not too long after this black eyed children's story hit, you know, the Internet. Right. The X-Files, though, was before that. And there was like the black oil alien substance in the X-Files that like infected people, I think, across multiple episodes where their eyes would just have this cloud go across them and they would all of a sudden turn black. Right. Um, Battlestar Galactica had it like. The American remake of the Grudge movie in the early 2000s had it. The Charmed, the TV show Charmed used it. Mm-hmm. So it was like it started becoming more of a thing. Right. Well, I remember like The Exorcist had eye, like different eye things, mm-hmm. but it wasn't black. Yeah. She had like um she had like weird like roomy eyes, like, like green and green and yellow and right. grossness. Right. Blah. So it's I think the reason why it's scary is because like you look at it's just one of those things that you expect to, you know, if a, a person is a normal person and then there's just this one thing. And it's like looking into the void. It's, it is. It's like, yeah, it's, it's eyes of the window to the soul. Like, right. oh, my God, your soul is evil. Right. Or, there's nothing jump. there. There's yes. nothing there. And it's going to suck you into their eyeballs. Yes, totally. You know, there's lots of reasons why this is naturally scary in the lore of the black eyed kids that that started with this Texas reporter in 1996 and then like took on a whole bunch of different lives after that. They're most often seen in pairs, like in the story that I just told. There's usually an older one and a younger one. The mm-hmm. older one is usually the one that talks and the younger one is usually a little bit more, you know, quiet. Mm-hmm. They're most frequently in modern clothes like hoodies and, you know. Right. But sometimes people tell stories of them being kind of in Mennonite clothes or like old timey clothes. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. For some reason, that makes it scarier it that they're like old timey clothes. So they usually have, I think the 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 hoodies are practical too. Is long hair, hoodies, hats, something where you can't automatically immediately see their eyes. Right. And they always want to be let in, and that is their mo. Don't they're going to show up at your door? They're going to say, "I'm hungry," or mm. "I need the phone," or "I've had an accident," mm-hmm. or "My sister has had an accident," or "We have to use the bathroom." Mm-hmm. There was a marine in Camp Lejeune, a story that was told online in 2009, that he said someone, like a little kid, came to his door saying that it was really cold out and they wanted to come in and read. And I was confused as hell because I've never met a kid that wanted to read. <laughs> <laughs> And in this guy's story, he glances down like he kind of like leans forward and glances down the sidewalk to see if there are parents or anybody else around because he's on Camp Lejeune, like he's in North Carolina and he's expecting there to be like parents or other Marines somewhere. And when he looks back, they've taken a step closer to him and he's like, I'm being hunted. And he listens to his military training and shuts and locks the door. And then they knock and they knock just like this gentle little like soft Mm-mm. knock for five minutes straight. No. And then he hears his windows rattle and <laughs> then they're gone. No. But so they can't enter without permission. They're vampires. What I was going to say, which is a vampire lore thing. And right? sometimes like a demon and fey lore, you know, mm-hmm. they I guess they all get kind of muddled up somehow. But there are a lot of stories like that one where they knock and then they go away. But then there are some where they're more insistent. So Spooky Appalachia got an email from a guy named TJ in June 2016. And he's actually in Aberdeen, Ohio. But I love this story. Oh, wait, where'd it go? Did I lose the story? Did you do you know my kids been saying this for a while that like Ohio is kind of like the new Florida? What? Have you heard that? No. Heard like, yeah, like Ohio. Is it where people do weird yeah. things that don't make sense? Yeah, it's like, like Florida. There's like a like a meme going around or something about like Ohio. Ohio man. Yeah. It doesn't ring like it d- Florida it d- man. It just doesn't ring like Florida man, but apparently like Ohio has its own kind of craziness. Well, this will be part of it then. So TJ wrote to Spooky Appalachia that he was working the light night shift at Taco Bell one night in Ohio. Taco Bell actually sounds amazing right I now. I know, right? 
and it was it was 10 p.m. and he's it's, it's 10 p.m. and the place is a graveyard and I was working the drive through. I'm like, in what town is Taco Bell a graveyard at 10? I thought that's when Taco Bell was hopping. Right. And when I was in college, Taco Bell was hopping at 10 p.m. Oh, my gosh. Yes. He said we hadn't had a customer in hours, so I was catching up on some cleaning and suddenly there was a loud static over the drive through headphones I was wearing. And he had to like throw them off because it like hurt his ears. Mm -hmm. And he checked the camera and there was nothing there. So it goes back to cleaning. And then he starts kind of feeling weird, like watched. Mm -hmm. And he said, shortly after my coworker comes back from the back and lets out a shriek. And I turned to see a girl with jet black hair over her face standing at the drive through facing us. My coworker and I look at each other and then we hear the girl speak in a voice that he said just just says chills me to this very day, which, you know, I don't know what it was like. Why so was she standing there? Not she in a standing, car, not in a car. She's just standing at the window looking oh, at no. them. And she says, may I come in? It's horrifying. And they kind of look at each other and he's like, you know what? The restaurant is closed for the night and we're only doing drive through right now. And she says, please let me come in. I really need to use the bathroom. And my coworker, he says, looks at me and whispers, maybe we should just, she's just a kid. Like, maybe we should just let her in. And they're thinking about it. And he's like, no, you know what? Like, why is a 10 year old standing in the drive through mm. at 10 p.m. on a Wednesday night, like mm. without a parent around? Mm. And he's like, no, we can't. We close the restaurant for the night. It's against policy. We can't let anybody in. Right. And then she kind of stands there for a second, starts banging on the window, shouting, let me in. And I, he says, I look at my coworker and I'm like, what are we supposed to do? And he's like, I don't know, call the police. I don't know what we're supposed to do. She's 10. And then she stops and she like jerks her head up and stares at them. And of course, she's got these black, black eyes. And they just kind of look at her. And he says, after a few moments of silence, we hear a voice that sounds like it's coming from a thousand miles away. Hello? And like we looked in the direction it's coming from. And I see the drive through headset and I pick it up and I put it on my head. And I said, hello? And the person on the other end goes, yes, can I have two five layer burritos? <laughs> and, then, and then the other, the coworker says like, oh my God, you turned around and she's gone. Like she just disappeared. Oh wow. And the girl is gone. And they said that they never had another experience like that. And that he left that Taco Bell two years later. So I guess it couldn't have been that upsetting. Oh my God. He didn't quit immediately. You know, the number of stories of people with like late night drive throughs <laughs> has got to be fucking crazy. Yeah. And most of it's probably just drug related. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But still crazy. Was, yeah. So it's said that the more you learn about them, oh, great. the more likely they are to visit you. Oh, fuck. So if you deep dive on them. Their in your interest will draw them to you. So one redditor said that he did that, and then a boulder fell off a truck he was driving, busted up his car, and a couple days later he drove into a post at a gas station. What? And people say like you get a string of bad luck or <gasps> um dark time. Come. Marlea. So I hope y'all appreciate all the bad you do. <laughs> so the question really is though, if you let them in. <gasps> what happens mm. and there aren't that many people that have stories like that maybe right? it's because those people are dead i don't know <laughs> but there is um, a listverse article that cited like the only like the only online full story that i could find easily of of somebody who had let one in mm -hmm. and this was a january 2016 story from a woman in vermont who so it was a blizzard in vermont and the story the thing had actually happened a year before she posted it originally in 2016 and she heard a loud knocking at the front door at her and her husband's house. So because of the weather, she's assuming somebody has had a motor accident. And she goes to the door, looks out and reveal, and she sees footprints in the snow, but there's no, no car. There's no tire tracks or anything. And so she's like weirded out because it's not like they live in a subdivision. You know, they're not in a gated community where there's like neighbors right next door. They're in like a kind of an empty road, blizzard covered snow everywhere. So she's a little unnerved and she goes to wake up her husband just to make sure there's somebody else with her. And she goes to answer the door because the banging on the door just continues the longer right. she waits. So two children are on the doorstep when she opens the door. It's a boy and a girl. And they both in this case look to be around eight years old. And they're not dressed for the cold. You know, she's instantly disturbed by them, but she's also like 
weary. You know, well, she's like, I can't let children stand out on my oh. step in the cold. Yeah. You know, like she doesn't like it. Like humanitarian she feels weird, <laughs> but she's not going to keep them on the porch. Right. So she she brings them inside and she's leading them through the living room and her cats hiss and bow up as they walk by. And she's like, um, you know what? Why don't I just make you a cup of cocoa? I'm going to make you some cocoa and you sit here and you can tell me what's going on. She kind of sits them down, but they always say like everything she asks them, they're like, our parents are coming. They'll be here soon. Mm. And so she goes to make cocoa and comes back and they take the drinks. And the first time they actually look up at her because they've been kind of looking at the ground this entire time. And she sees, you know, what we all expect at this point. They've got these jet black eyes. And, right. Um, so they both, as she's looking at them, they both at the same time ask if they can use the bathroom. So she's like, okay. And she, mm-hmm. she takes them to the bathroom. Her husband is kind of staying back in the kitchen. And while they're in the bathroom, his nose starts bleeding. And then the power goes out. And so she's trying to make her way back to the bedroom to get a tissue for her husband. And she sees that the children have left the bathroom and they've, they're standing in the hall near the door and just staring at her. Mm-hmm. suddenly they say our parents are here and they open the front door and they just walk out so she goes to the door and there's a, a long black car and two tall men standing in the street they open the door and the children get in and the men get in and then they drive away weird so in the months after that the woman's husband is diagnosed with aggressive skin cancer oh my god and she also started having regular nosebleeds and health problems and she's convinced that both of their health issues are connected to seeing those two children and letting them into her house. Like no good deed goes unpunished. Exactly. Which is weird, right? Because right? like it's so much of so many stories that, you know, it, it seems like they should be like help people, let people in. But it's all trust no one. Like everything right. that comes out of the, the black eyed children thing is like, nope, you can't. Not even the eight year olds. Like right. trust no one. Right. Let them freeze to death. Yes. So and this is there. Like I said, there aren't that many people that talk about what happens if you let them in. But mm-hmm. the, the kind of I heard from a friend of a friend mm-hmm. kind of I, things are cancer is one of the things that people tend to hear about mental breakdowns, pets dying, son, like oh my God. inexplicable, awful deaths suddenly. All if, right. So whatever you do, don't help the children, don't help the children, leave them on the doorstep in the snow. (laughs) And you know what? I'm like, Jesus, you know, in the 1996 is when these stories started happening. And a lot of the ones that I read were like through like the the 2000 teens. And I'm like, y'all fucking had cell phone cameras. Why is there not a single picture of these goddamn little people? Right. Why did nobody call like the cops? Somebody calls the cops. Right. But no, there's no pictures. We got ring doorbells. I was like, if, if these little bitches show up on your doorstep, (laughs) you hit screenshot on your, Oh yeah. Is that how ring doorbells work? Can you just do that? I think it automatically like starts recording. Okay. That's I just got a new iPhone and like my entire photo gallery is now screenshots of my home screen because I keep on fucking up my buttons. (laughs) But y'all are better than me, so oh, man. take pictures. Yes. That is so creepy and interesting. And like I said, I've read several from Mexico. So I wonder when, like, you know, not just the U.S., like, Black Eyed Children started, like, how long it's been. Yeah. Did you read anything about, like, I outside of the U.S.? I too much into too many other cultures. It looked like there were some Asian, like, uh, connections mm-hmm. to some of the stories. Yeah. But I really do think a lot of it has to do with like, I think as far as the lore is concerned, a lot of it has to do with like pop culture acceptance of some of those other lures mm-hmm. and just like kind of assimilation. You right. Know? Anyway. Interesting. Um, The whole knocking thing for the Patreons, I'll have to tell you my story about something knocking on the door in the middle of the night. Yay! Be a patron. Yeah, I got the, the good chills. stuff. I got the chills. Thank <laughs> you so much. That was awesome, Marlon. Thank you. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. Bye.